Welcome to the Kairos Community Podcast. Join us as we join Jesus in his movement to renew all things. Yeah, we've been, uh, this is our third week into um, our um, Advent season uh, messages. Uh, Cody shared with us about um, two weeks ago about God giving life and um, what it looks like um, to be not anxious and worrying that God gives us abundance and takes care of us as creation. That um, Jesus gives life more abundantly that if we drink of him, we drink of the living water. Um, He's the bread of life. that eternal life is not something that happens after death. It's um, something that's available to us all right now. Um, if we can take hold of that promise and and live into that, that um, yeah, when we commune or when we share communion, that we're drinking of you know the blood of Jesus and the bread. That it's his it's his abundance of life. Is the spring of wa- the endless spring of water that that is never ceasing. Um, and Heather last week shared with us about um, God's redemption, um, specifically in the two stories of Zachariah and Mary. That He brings restoration, forgiveness, uh, redemption. Um, despite our circumstances, whether they're the choices of our own or, or things that were brought upon us, you know, outside of our own choices, um, that he redeems, he, he, he makes all things new. He's restoring slowly humanity, um, and his creation, um, back to the beauty of the garden. Um, yeah. So this week I, um, I'm going to share with you guys, um, about God is giving identity and, um, um, part of that is, um, when he's working through like some of the people, like the people we read about in scripture, and what it means to be like chosen and elect or be the elect. And um, it, it's something I've always been curious about. Um, the words chosen and elect, as I read through scripture, um, they, they're weighty words. Like, uh, um, well, I'll ask you guys what, what, um, what are the, what would you think are like prerequisites or, um, or things that would identify you as being chosen or elect? Maybe one of you has a, some ideas of a, like just culture, like how do you understand those words? I feel like sometimes people, or you feel like people are chosen because they have a special, uh, 
gift, whether it be um, singing or playing instruments or knowing how to speak properly. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. When I hear chosen or elect, I think more Calvinistic. Uh, I, I don't now, but I just, it's like, that's still in there uh, from other conversations or, you know, reading about other, what other people believe and, you know, just kind of like a, a sense of certain people are predestined to go to heaven and the, uh, or at least the thought that some are predestined for heaven and some are predestined for destruction and hell. And it's, uh, I, I feel like that's definitely been a, uh, prevalent, kind of belief when people uh i mean i don't know if that's a more american i'm not really sure about uh, a lot of the the history on that maybe maybe noah could chime in on it but but just this uh this idea of these chosen selected people uh you know because because it's in the bible right it's like okay you got you got abraham he was this chosen one noah was a chosen one right it's the, these these people groups or, or families chosen by god Everyone else, uh, at least this is the thinking, is not chosen, right? Is yeah. is rejected, they're disliked, or something like that. So uh, I don't think that's the case, but I know that that's actually that is in there. That is in people's thoughts. Oh yeah, totally. Um, with that in mind, um, let's see here. Oh shoot, I am a little. Uh, well, no, that's good. Um, so before I actually get into the meat of the message, um, I'd like to uh, do a couple um, worship practices with you guys. Sorry, I thought I was fully prepared, but where did... What we like doing? to see if anybody here <laughs> would like to, uh, um, well, let's do this out of order real quick until I can get, would anybody like to lead us in the Lord's Prayer? Um, I will add that to, that I'm, I'm doing the message version of the, if anybody would like to um, lead us in that. I'll do it. Thanks, Cody. That's awesome. Uh, the one that's in the chat, right? Yes, the one that's in the chat. Yeah. Okay. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best. As above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. Your place in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Cody. Okay. Now, um, let's, uh, would anybody like to lead us in the, the reciting of the doxology? Where's Phil when we need him? Yeah. How about Haley Joe? I saw her jump on. Hee, <laughs> Don't scare her away. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we just do it together? 
as a group. Sure, we can do that. All right. All right. Um, Great. Oh, sorry. Ready? One, two, three. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise the Son and Holy Ghost. Amen. Okay, I'm going to post in um, a joyful noise. <laughs> that was good, guys. Um, I am going to, let's see here, get our scripture posted into the chat. I'm going to have Cody. Actually, you know what? Since it's Electio, Cody, how about just read it? Um, sure. Guys, if you have to, just close your eyes and just listen to the words as Cody speaks it over us. Um, that's really what Electio is, you know. Four, it's a divine reading. Um, listen to what stands out. Um, he's going to be reading through Luke, Luke 2, uh, 21 to 39. Um, do you see that in the outline, Cody? Mm-hmm. No, I've got it ready to go. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Luke 2, 21, starting at 21. This is, this is still part of Jesus's origin story but I feel like a lesser celebrated passage of scripture when it comes to Advent Christmas time, uh, because it takes place eight days after his birth uh, in the culture when a, a baby would be circumcised and then their name given publicly and they're prayed for and everything. And um, you know, it's <laughs> the nativity story that we all know and love usually just kind of skips the baby's circumcision <laughs> uh, for, for understandable reason. But in this moment is there's two people, there's Simeon and then there's Anna. And as we are, I think, preparing our hearts and minds for what Chris is going to lead us in today about the topic of God gives identity. I see a, a really neat story here where as Chris was asking the question, what do you think of when, when the term chosen or elect comes up? And as Mel said, we often think of somebody who's credentialed, somebody who's great at speaking, has a master's degree, a doctorate degree, or something like that. Someone who knows how to sing or play instruments, like they're the ones who are elect and they're much higher or something like that. But God doesn't work that way. And so, um, in a moment where the Messiah who's been waited for, for all of time is finally born and revealed. It isn't the priests and the high priests and the Pharisees and Sadducees. It's not the ones who have all the credentials that are the ones that seem to recognize him. It's these two. And they're just people who are faithful and they know God. And because they know God, they know I feel like they know who they are. They have an identity in God. And with that, they've got these just open eyes to see what God will actually reveal to them. And they're the ones who recognize the eight day old Messiah. So I'm going to read this passage, Luke two, starting in 21. I am going to read from the 
NIV version here. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, You may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them, at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Thank you, Cody. Yeah, so um, as you guys had mentioned, um, I've always, well, I've always looked at Scripture and really been curious about those words, elect, chosen, or even favor. Um. And I, I think, um, it's like you, Cody had mentioned, or Mel had mentioned, someone who earned them. It, it, it's words that we think that they're, they are accolades that basically show that we worked hard to get those titles, a special title. Um, we see those world. I think we see those words through the cultural framework and language that that we use and understand today. And um, that's part of what can taint our understanding of um, what God is actually trying to do. Um, yeah. Um, last week, uh, John 
Solert's not on here, but I, I think Mel might have remembered it. Um, but uh, we were talking about my new job recently, and um, um, that uh, um, I have a six-month probationary period. And if I and I had mentioned the the what is it the saying like if I don't cut the mustard, that I'll uh, um, <laughs> that you know that that means they they might get rid of me, and some uh, I forgot who brought it up. It was a uh, it might have been Phil that brought it up. Like he never heard that cut the mustard, and it, it is a weird um, it is a weird weird uh, saying, but um, that's kind of what you think about. Like uh, I guess or. Er- Earlier in uh, the 20th century, um, people actually went around calling each other mustard. Um, so it says his, he's, he's like, you'd say he's mustard, for example, would mean he's great. It's this idea of um, mustard as excellent or great. That seems to be at work in the, you know, the saying, cut the mustard. And if you don't cut the mustard, that means you must be failing. You must not be doing well. Um, you might get fired or let go or whatever, but, um, it's kind of funny, like, cause think about why the heck would they call people mustard? Um, but I guess it's just like us calling people awesome sauce today. So kind of the same. <laughs> so now if you don't cut the awesome sauce, you're, uh, you're kicked out, <laughs> you don't make it. But I feel like that that's the way our framework or, or like we understand those words in that. Um, and, um, and in that, um, our identities can be shaped and the way our identities are shaped often, uh, well, often they do affect the way we understand God and understand scripture. Um, our identities, they can be shaped by our culture, um, our personal experiences, our upbringing, our parents, our family, our friends, um, the, the effects on our lives that come from circumstances that are out, out of our control and ones that are our own choices, even good or bad. Um, Israel, the, um, the promised people that you know, God chose to reveal himself to humanity through, um, and, and, and gave many promises of, um, to, they were an underdog of their time. Um, they're imperfect people, some who did continue to try to hear from God. And, and as we saw or have seen that God worked through those people, but then there were many, um, who made horrible mistakes and, and as a, as a culture or as a community, and also chose blatant disregard at times. Um, often led by people that, or or Israel at the time, you know, had often been led by people who were more influenced by what the culture called favored or chosen or elect or powerful and missed the point in understanding who and what God was actually calling them to do and be. And again, that harkens back to, um, do we, they they didn't understand per se what the identity of God was. So God could literally be right there in front of them. And it was hard for them to see because 
they were wrapped in an identity that was um, um, steeped in power, prestige, um, accolades, those sorts of things. He, God, um, although he continually worked through individuals that would radiate that out and shape the identity of Israel, um, that community, um, I, I see this today. Uh, American Christians have a tainted cultural identity. They treat um, salvation as an award individually earned. And uh, even though they act like they don't, they see themselves and their nation as favored or chosen and have a list of who is excluded from God and salvation based on cultural political beliefs, as opposed to God's identity, who he really is, um, what he stood for from the garden. And anyone who doesn't look like or act like they do are evil and need to repent. Um, this isn't, when a, another example of a people group that lets our identities be shaped more by culture than by Jesus. Um, and it sounds familiar to some of the failings of uh, Israel over time. Um, just like, uh, here. just like the descendants of Israel um, failing to share with the nations around them, the good news of God, Christians today are in, in essence, doing the same exact thing. They're taking um, this thought of like blessing or or uh, grace on themselves and and shutting out the the nations of the world um, from being able, you know, to receive the same gift or or, or excluding them and uh, taking an individual, um, uh, well, calling themselves elect, calling themselves uh, chosen, <laughs> and um, excluding the rest of humanity. We have individual walks with God, too, albeit still shaped by community. Um, we understand him um, well, we understand God based on how we were, were taught. He is, um, you know, some of us grew up in the church, some may not have. Um, and how we, the things that we've been taught about him is ultimately how we see him. Um, the relationship to our earthly father can also be how we project uh, God's character onto him, as opposed to um, taking his character afresh. Um, and superimposing that over what we have experienced in our lives. Um, our decisions about him um, are shaped by culture and things that are other than God's revelation at, at most of the time. <clears throat> and uh, I wanted to ask the question, like um, maybe you guys have some uh uh, examples of how our identity um, courses that, that um, how they've been shaped in our lives um, could potentially, like maybe some examples of how those can lead to death and not life. Um, or uh, if you have any personal examples or anything like that. 
You mind asking that question again? Yeah, I'm not sure I'm understanding it. Okay, so um, so I was giving examples of like, uh, I, I guess maybe this is more of in a church. Uh, how are identity, um, any personal examples of basically how our identity, um, our identities, how they've been built can um, lead to death or um, not literal death, but um, maybe hurt or anguish or uh, things that um, harm us or other people based on, you know, like just maybe some, if you have any personal, like maybe growing up in the church or, or being harmed, like anything like that, um, by maybe things that we were told or, you know, anything like that, I guess. Do you have an answer? Mm -mm. No. I'm thinking. <laughs> I know, too. I know those exist. Mm. I'm just trying to think of examples. Would it be like your own personal standards or, and you've, I don't know how to say it, um, or even like when you sin, like, you make that sin not let you be closer to God. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I think so. Because I, I Cause you make that your identity like, yeah. I don't know. Not even, not even things that were just like from the church, but maybe, uh, for instance, I'll, I'll share mine. Um, when, when, our wor like, when our worth hinges on how good we are or how hard we work at something, like, I feel like that was something that was impressed upon me, even though I didn't grow up in the church, um, that like, uh, um, I was, my identity was rooted in the, I guess, putting on a facade of, or making sure like everything I did was, was perfect. I didn't, I didn't miss that bill. I made sure it got paid on time, you know, like, like I built up this wall of, in essence, perfection. And, uh, and it didn't take much, but to, to make that topple when, when, when I actually start to meet my fallibility, like, um, that I, that I am not perfect and I cannot forever hold that up or something like that, you know, and that, that didn't necessarily come from the church. It came from, I guess, churchish culture <laughs> ish. I think I can think of one of, um, like the the kind of american ideal of the the mentality that like your whole goal in life is just to make more money mm -hmm. more and more and more and how like that can quite literally lead to death by overworking by um <clears throat> undervaluing people and overvaluing money finances um and being being able to pay things off and and look good in the eyes of people around you. Totally. Yeah. I, I, heck, I was even just having a moment with a, a friend on Facebook where she was posting a thing about how like so many of our holidays had pagan roots and, you know, the, the dates that we have for certain things and uh, even the names of like days 
of the week even it's like we got a pagan calendar and i i did this like tongue-in-cheek where i meant it tongue-in-cheek thing i made a little funny face where it's like the winky face with us sticking the tongue out and i'm like yeah but they all converted or something like that and i think she was reading that through the lens of uh well probably more like the type of christian i used to be when i was a lot newer at being a christian and being so black and white and uh also you know sometimes when you're when you're you see things so black and white and you also feel like you have to have an answer to everything mm-hmm. and sometimes you do and so when oh this guy does have some answers well let's keep asking questions and at some point you're like they're expecting me to have all these answers so i'm just gonna give them like regurgitated responses or without a lot of great insight or research or conversation with other people who've studied things a lot longer. And anyway, so I think she was reading that comment from a very different lens of, uh, because we haven't seen each other or hung out or anything in probably close to a decade now. So it's like, um, yeah, that's not what I meant. I'm not that person that you see me as. And she, we we've we ironed it all out it was great uh but i think sometimes when we ex- we we perceive an identity we we project an identity on somebody doesn't help either you know and oh i'm saying a lot of things yeah i mean i i definitely felt like that was part of who i was i had to be this light and you know, I'm the light in the darkness. It's black and white. It's it's right and wrong. It's good and evil. And I'm a champion of good. And that's it, you know. And and uh, I remember there was a moment Heather gave a sermon off of a Newsboys song. I've probably mentioned it a hundred times because it was uh, it was just it's like a watershed moment where it just like the sermon that she gave. Or it was more like even a devotional, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was just uh, about how sometimes we don't know. And like, we don't have all the answers and that's okay. And it's okay to feel the freedom in God to say, don't have that answer. I don't know everything. I don't need to pretend like I know everything or pretend like I've got it all together. I need to just be real and honest. And it's actually going to bear way better fruit when we're real and honest with who we are, with our actual limitations or, or shortcomings or just lack lack of knowledge or wisdom or skill or something like that. And just being like, look, that's who I am. I don't have to pretend. I don't have to fake it. Totally. Yeah. Cody, you're going exactly where, where, uh, I wanted you to go. With that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like Heather had shared, well, Mary and Zachariah with us and, um, last week and, um, Mary in Luke 1, uh, 46 through 48, um, Mary in her song back to God, um, says my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. He has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Um, so we have like this list, uh, well, here's a list of, of, um, um, specific, you know, uh, people who are, chosen mary um john the baptist he was chosen um abraham was chosen jacob was chosen um as we're uh 
no, we hadn't touched on that yet, but the shepherds in the field, um, you know, uh, just before the birth of birth of Christ were chosen. Um, and what? sorry, guys. And, <clears throat> you know, these are all people who were just real, um, that are real human beings. We hear, or like the, the Psalms, um, you know, are oftentimes like just real raw prayers with, you know, um, just real raw human emotion in it. And I, that's what really God wants. And he's not, He's not looking for accolades. He's not looking for powerful people to bring his revelation through. He's just looking for us to be real humans with him in our, you know, our, our walk with him, our relationship with him. Um, and, and I feel like a lot of people read the scripture today and they, they focus on the outcome of the people of the Bible as if they were, basically working to earn a place in a heavenly realm after death for the good things that they did. Um, when we can actually see that it was God, he was just using imperfect, real, humble people to reveal himself and his identity to humanity through. This has nothing to do with um, who gets into heaven, but those that God used to bring his revelation, generosity, mercy, and goodness to everyone around them. In essence, he continually brings his heavenly kingdom to earth through people who are imperfect and sinners, and they are humans in a fallen creation. <clears throat> um, I think when God chooses or favors it, 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 it basically means we're, we're just regular old pieces of dirty clay with all of our messiness, all of our just stuff. Um, but we're still malleable. Um, which to me seems to mean like we, we have ears to hear and eyes to see, uh, if, if we let power and titles like chosen or elect or things like that go to our heads, we, we end up dried up and rigid clay, no longer shapeable. It has everything to do with here and now, um, and how God uses us to bring the kingdom of God to earth now as it is in heaven. And um, yeah, it's not some far off uh, trajectory of doing things good just to make it. I mean, cause that's, that, that's the tainted idea that, that um, power and prestige get us is um, that we're earning this, this, um, this place, this accolade. And I, I want to wrap that back up with um, the Advent story, where we're at, what we're talking about, you know, with um, Simeon and Anna. Um, you know, Jesus, uh, Jesus was a real child. Um, we've talked about together as our equippers. We we deeply believe that Jesus was not like some sort of perfect kid. Like he was, he was probably just a pardon my word, <laughs> a shithead, just like he could be a shithead, just like all of our kids can at times. Um, but I'm sure he could be a, 
amazing child as well um, at times too, you know, because there, there are obviously times where our children, um, they're, well, they're everything to us. And I'm sure Mary, you know, experienced him the same way that we experience our kids, um, the same ups and downs. Um, he was just a, he wore our flesh. He was a real human being um, in his childhood and his teenage years, every, you know, it, I'm sure he acted just like all teenagers would. Um, and the, the reality of the nativity scene as well, as opposed to like the cleaned up version you see on people's lawns these years, um, or this, I'm sorry, this time of year. Um, it was ugly. It wasn't pretty. Uh, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't as cleaned up as I think we make it. And our perspectives can change when we realize the realness of the human experience that our gate, that our God went through, that he came down to live um, in the same flesh we have to feel our pain, our discomfort, to know our hurts, to know our regrets, to know our failings. And our identity shaping should come from humbling ourselves that the maker of the universe would live a human life, live and live it among us. Um, and our identity, um, those changes aren't something, I feel like the, this, this happens a lot, especially in, you know, the born again idea um, that we are forever changed at one point when we meet Jesus and, and that those are like radical transformations and they're, they're lifelong um, from that point. But um, I think that does a disservice to a lot of people because it's not how it works. Um, they're lifelong. It's, it's a lifelong walk of, with God, picking up our cross each day uh, and, and it's growth over time. And it comes with the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful all together. Um, Cody read our Lectio on Simeon and Anna, and he, he mentioned, um, you know, that uh, they showed up when Jesus was brought to the temple for his purification rites. God revealed to them that the Messiah would be there. God didn't reveal that to the fat cat religious leaders who should have been the closest ones to God and, 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 and seen God coming, but they didn't. He didn't reveal it to Caesar. He didn't reveal it to Herod, the powerful leader. He revealed it to the humble people like the dirty shepherds in the field. Those dirty shepherds, the unpaid migrant farmer worker or the underpaid migrant farmer workers of their time, basically. Um, and I, I'd like to see if someone would like to read um, what the account of the the shepherds um, were. One second, let me pull that up. I had it here somewhere. All right, maybe I'll just read it if you guys want to listen along in Luke 2. <clears throat> and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. That right there, um, God and the angels revealing themselves, again, not to the fat cat religious leaders, not to a you know high-profile pastor, not to the president of the United States, not to... Um, you know, the, the leader of a seminary college per se, not to uh, um, a Fortune 500 company owner um, or CEO. No, to some lowly shepherds akin to um, an immigrant farm worker of today. That's who God revealed himself to. That's who he sent. Um to go visit Mary and uh, Joseph and see the baby, see the baby Jesus. <laughs> um, and that, that in itself is humbling. Um, yeah. So God gives identity um, and he's continually working through us again, like I said, through the bad, the good, the ugly, the beautiful. Um, and it, we just repent, turn towards God just means we course correct and, and face Jesus. And in the realness of all our lives, um, with all the failings and frustrations and 2020s and all the things <laughs> that, that can be heavy and all the things that can be good. We just, we just try to live um, realistically live point toward the, the, the God who decided to wear our flesh and, 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 and understand the things we go through. Just point towards him. Um, and it's a lifelong journey but a beautiful um, one. Thank you for listening to the Kairos Community Podcast. Subscribe to us and follow us on Facebook to stay up to date on upcoming events such as online church gatherings and Bible studies. We try to shed the layers of traditions that actually taint the image of who Jesus really is 
And we believe that the true gospel is that Jesus is the true king, and his kingdom is here and available to all. We'd love for you to be a part of his movement in renewing all things for the expanse of his kingdom. You can email us at info at kairoscommunity.org, download our app, or visit our website, kairoscommunity.org. Catch you next time.